We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down all the latest injuries by positions, the practice reports, and we'll talk about replacement value for FanDuel for week four. We'll also break down the ownership percentages and give you your best options for GPPs and cash games based on them heading into this weekend. Uh, make sure you check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11, and you can find him over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and, and find me hosting the Daily Slant DFS show and along with my writing at ProFootballFocus.com. I want to let you know that the RotoWire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, welcome to Friday here in Week 4. What's going on, my man? Not much. Just uh, trying to peel myself away from my e-gaming habit long enough to uh, <laughs> long enough to talk a little NFL football today. Yeah, I, I we had to both mutually agree to close our DraftKings Twitch window so we could focus uh, completely on uh, the ownership percentages that we have uh, available um, after the Thursday night GPPs on FanDuel. So we're going to break down that report there. Um, we have it uh, s- uh, sorted and split, and we'll talk about. Um, uh, some interesting ownership percentages too. The players that I thought that were going to be much more heavily owned um, are are very interesting. Though I had one question um, on Twitter uh, from at Desired One. I believe he's out there in Hawaii. So shout out to him over there in Hawaii. He's wondering if Carson Palmer um, it would be a sneaky GPP play. So we'll get to that. We'll break that down because uh, we all know Carson Palmer has been highly productive and uh, you know leading the best offense. Uh, with apologies to Green Bay in the NFC. So we have his exact ownership percentage following the Thursday uh, night tournament plays uh, for GPPs on FanDuel, and we'll give you all that great information. So uh, let's go ahead and break down uh, the information as we have it up to the minute, uh, starting here with Drew Brees. Uh, limited practice session there on Thursday, but he has given himself the, the go, so he fully expects to play. So barring any further setbacks, I think we can expect uh, Drew Brees here in week four. 
Um, is he on the radar for you anywhere this week uh, following uh, all the issues that he's had? I mean, I don't have him on there. Um, his ownership percentage on the Thursday lock was one-tenth of one percent. Um, so he was basically on one in every 1,000 rosters. So if you think that that arm is going to be good, I mean, you know, a healthy Drew Brees is always somebody that you got to consider in, in daily fantasy. But I just really don't don't know how healthy he's going to be, and that's my kind of my drawback with him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're looking for a very low-owned tournament play, you can look his direction, but he's not going to be anywhere near my cash game rosters. Yeah, the 27 quarterbacks listed here um, on this list, and I want to know where Josh McCown is. Seriously? You know? <laughs> okay. Just... You know what? When I when I was putting guys in, I don't think I had him as one of the guys. I didn't take a ton of rosters this week. I usually try to take a bunch so that we can see, you know, the ownership on most of the guys that I would that I would have considered using, and I did not have him on my list of guys to consider using. So we can't that's even probably get why he's not on there. We, I mean, Nick Foles is point oh one percent owned. You going to tell me that Josh McCown can't beat out a, a Nick Foles against the Arizona Cardinals? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop wasting everybody's time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so there's the issue here with Breeze. It's, I mean, super low owned. So if you feel like uh, you got some uh, Vegas gamble in you there there's there's some opportunity uh for you there i'm with you though i'm gonna be off of it i'm i'm not gonna push the issue too much here and um i want to see it be before i buy and you know obviously the ownership percentage will go up if if he's productive um and you don't mind the matchup um but you know his health certainly has impacted him in the first two weeks of the season and we've seen us um a lack of production in that aspect so something definitely to consider a bigger issue that we have here benny is the issue with andrew luck and who was absent for the uh, beginning portion of practice that's uh, generally open to the media here on Friday. And the telltale sign that you um, sort of previewed here when we uh, recorded our show on Thursday here, which is uh, that he doesn't look healthy enough for um, us to us to be in on him. And I wanted to play him as a, um, you know, expensive, uh, contrarian uh, but high upside play against a uh, good matchup at home against Jacksonville. But I think now we have to completely come off of him with the latest news that the Colts signed Josh Johnson as well. So this looks, looks, looks like bad news all the way around for Andrew Luck. Yeah, it really is looking like Luck is not going to play. And one thing we were actually talking about before the show, um, not so much Andrew Luck, but with Matt Hasselback coming in, you also really got to consider if you're looking to use any of the pass catchers that they had there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, guys like T.Y. Hilton, uh, Dante Moncrief, as we had spoken about, was over 10% owned on the Thursday lock games. Um, Even a guy like, excuse me, a guy like Colby Fleener, who people have been using because Dwayne Allen may be out again this weekend as well. I mean, you got to tick down basically all these guys if you're taking luck out of there because you can't imagine that Hasselback is going to do the same kind of damage against that uh, defense that Luck would. And I'm actually surprised because I haven't seen the line move much on that game. I don't know if it has yet today, but they still have Indianapolis as a nine-point favorite in Vegas right now. Uh, So I don't know if they're thinking that Luck is still going to play because I can't imagine that Hasselbeck as the quarterback would still have Indianapolis as badly as they played to start the season as a nine-point favorite, even though they are at home. Yeah, I, the way I'm looking at this here is um, I think the safest play that you can come up with right now is Frank Gore. 
in in this mm-hmm. spot here because you figure. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck is a capable passing quarterback, but I don't really want to. I don't. I put him in the Michael Vick category, not from you know uh, sort of you know running threat, obviously, but a backup quarterback in his first game back, um, who was actually probably getting the majority of the first team practice reps this week. So you, you have that uh, going for you. Um, but I don't think anybody need, feels nearly as confident about, you know, the overall ceiling and production level with those guys out of the lineup. And you can see the way Le'Veon Bell benefited. And I'm not trying to tell you that Frank Gore is Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, he's older. But um, he did get a, a good amount of usage there. So I'm going to sort of shift off of Dante Moncrief, like we talked about in the pre-show here, and sort of focus more of my um, you know, GPP differentiation here with some Frank Gore uh, action here in, in week four. So those are the two main quarterback issues that I think that we're facing right now. Uh, now we're take a look at some of the running backs. Um, obviously, the biggest piece of news here to, um, uh, is LaShawn McCoy and him being uh, ruled out along with Sammy Watkins here. Uh, now, if you would have guessed before, I know we can both see the report here. What would you have thought Carlos Williams' ownership percentage was going to be uh, in uh, in uh, in GPPs here? To be honest, I would have thought it would have been a little higher. <clears throat> um, he's about 30 35%, depending on what tournament you're looking at on FanDuel from the Thursday locks. I think he's going to be much higher on DraftKings, where he's only 3400 Um Over on FanDuel, where he's 6300 I think... It, it makes a little bit more sense that he would be a little bit lower owned over there because on DraftKings, it'll be real easy for him to pay off that salary. On FanDuel, it's still not out of the question that he's going to pay it off. I mean, you probably need about 18 points out of him. Um, he did have 100 yards and a touchdown last week, so he basically paid that off. But I still think it's, uh, you know, it's about where I would have thought it was, I guess. You know, he's on about a one-third of all rosters here. So I think that's... Kind of where I was figuring him. I, I kind of had him pegged at around the thirty to forty percent kind of guy this week. So uh, I, I was I'm encouraged by that too because I thought it could. I mean, in cash games, I think it could be much higher than this, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for sure. So, but if it's going to hang around the thirty percent mark, I think that's great. Um, I'm definitely going to be uh, all in on Carlos Williams. You know, the near bare minimum salary uh, and a, a strong play uh, overall. So. Um, something to keep in, in in mind with there. I'll probably have just Carlos Williams shares. In I would say over 85% of my lineups going into here uh, into week four. Uh, another issue that we've seen here: Demarco Murray, Ryan Matthews. We know is productive. I think it's time for us to set that aside. And um, do you f- how what's your comfort level with playing Demarco Murray here in week four? I don't feel so comfortable. But what about you? Well, he did practice today, which is good. But looking back on last week, he also practiced last week before they announced about later on in the week. So. I still would keep an eye on it, but it does seem like he is going to play. Um, And obviously, if he plays, I think that takes Matthews out of the question. Uh, Also really ticks down um, Darren Sproles as well. I actually had some shares of both guys last week when I saw that Murray was out. But I don't know if I want to play Murray. I think it's more of a question that if Murray is out, I would play the other two guys. If Murray's in, the other two guys are off the table for me. But... um, if Murray's in, I'm probably not looking at any Eagles running back this weekend. Yeah, I, I feel pretty much the same way about this whole situation here. I don't, I'm not terribly excited um, about Murray because I mean he's gotten into the end zone, but he's his he's in the same sort of category with Marshawn Lynch, except healthier at at this point. It's like been banged up, not productive, and on the field 
but um, you know, not anywhere near coming close to paying off the price tag that you generally have to pay right now. And if we're taking a look at him uh, for the, this upcoming week on Fanduel, Marco Murray seventy six hundred. Uh, I'm interested in so many other players, like for instance Latavius Murray at seventy five hundred, much more than and and even Carlos Hyde as a you sort of you know underowned a potential option. And uh, if we take a look at Carlos Hyde there, just one point eight percent owned. Uh, coming into uh, the uh, week four report here uh, for GPPs on Fandle. So something very interesting um, that I would rather tr- take a chance on rather than having to pay for what is hopefully a healthy guy um, with you know questionable production. Uh, taking a look at the rest of this list here, Alshon Jeffrey uh, ends up um, uh, likely to miss week four here, according to Jeff Dick- Dickerson on Twitter there. Uh, are you more interested in uh, Matt Forte because of this, or are you worried that it's going to be like an eight-man front? Uh, how, how do we approach what's happening here with the Bears offense? Yeah, I mean, the only guy that I think it would benefit is Forte a little bit. I, I'm not on any of the other pass catchers that they have. I know people talk about, like, Eddie Royal and all that, but I'm just, I'm not going to mess with any of that, especially with Cutler still out too as well, right? Um, from from what I can tell, I'll double check on yeah. that. Um, but what? Well, here's the interesting part: the Raiders um, have been uh, t- uh, lit up at the tight end position uh, every, basically every week out. You remember Crockett mm-hmm. Gilmore and Gary mm-hmm. Barnage, who I don't, I'm, I'm gonna guess like there's a good portion of DFS players that didn't know the Browns' tight end was Gary Barnage uh-huh. uh, after him, you know, putting up those numbers that he had and getting into the end zone here in in week three. So I think Bennett can make some sense. I, I will take I don't want to have 100% of shares in Greg Olson, but I feel very confident with, you know, 50, 60, even 75% ownership in, in across my lineups. But I think I want to take a couple shares of Bennett, you know, even maybe more so now that Jeffrey's out and roll into my lineups. Can we make a case or are you more worried because Jeffrey's out? I mean, here's, you know, obviously I, I agree with you. I've actually been asked this question a couple times this week. And what I basically said is, you know, everything is pointing to Bennett being a play. My problem with it is Clawson as his quarterback. If Cutler was in, I wouldn't feel so bad about it. But I am just really down on Jimmy Clawson. Um, and it, it, it's not just because of last week. I mean, we've seen him more than just that last game against Seattle where things didn't work out well. I, I just don't know if Clawson's going to have enough to support any wide receiver having a big fantasy day. But I do agree with you, and this is the argument that I've made for Bennett, is that you know, people are off him now because he hasn't had a big start to the season. But this is a guy who was one of the top guys in receptions, top guys in yardage, top guys in touchdown uh, catches at the position last year. So he's obviously one of the better tight ends in the league if all other things were equal. But his quarterback is just so subpar if he has Clawson back there that I don't think all other things are equal. So I agree with you. I will have a few shares of him. Um, 10% ownership on him is what he had on the Thursday lock games, which I think is about right. Uh, if you're rolling out 10, 10 lineups, I think I would have them on at least one. Um, if I was rolling out 100 lineups, I may have them on, you know, seven or eight. So right around, you know, maybe a little below 10%, but somewhere in that range. So I think there is some merit for him. I just don't think it's a safe play. It wouldn't be something I'd use in cash because I really just think that as bad as Oakland is against the tight end. I think his quarterback is also equally as bad, and you know it could kind of go either way in that one. 
Yeah, then uh, looking at the latest update here with Jake Cutler, hamstring issue day-to-day, has gotten some limited work in, but doesn't really look like he's uh, set to be active, barring some late information coming here over the weekend. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, uh, so I don't know if I really have any confidence at all in, 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 in any um, Chicago Bears outside of Martellus Bennett. You could tell me that you know Forte's going to get more work, and I, and I would believe that, um, but... The, the Raiders' front four has been pretty stout here. I mean, they uh, just completely shut down a top-five offensive line in the Cleveland Browns um, there in Week 3. So I have uh, issues with basically everybody outside of Martell Bennett, and I think it's even more of a situation where you're going to like your, the shares that you get of Derek Carr and, and Amari Cooper and Latavius Murray, um, if also on Jeffrey. Uh, sits out probably more, you know, more three and outs, more potential possessions. Um, now we come to Marshawn Lynch and Thomas Rawls here overall. And I think there's some gamesmanship going on, Benny, with uh, Marshawn Lynch and Pete Carroll. I feel like uh, they know probably what's going to happen. I mean, the guy hasn't sniffed a practice rep as of yet. The, the only thing that's sort of keeping uh, everybody in check here is that uh, it's a Monday night game and he gets the extra day of rest. But here's what I talked about here in my Pro Football Focus article and just to give you a brief synopsis, okay? Uh, Ten-point favorites, bigot favorites on the board for Seattle. So there's one, okay? Two, uh, Lynch has been terrible to start the season. I mean, straight garbage can uh, level of production. Hasn't gotten to the end zone, low yards per carry, um, ha- has not been a big factor. And then enter Thomas Rawls here into week three uh, against uh, a team that Lynch is supposed to have some success and he gets injured. Thomas Rawls takes it for 16 carries in, in a, you know just over two quarters and busts out for 104 yards. So he was much more productive. And this is the same guy that got Robert Turbin cut and Christine Michael traded. So uh, And add to the fact that they still have have Fred Jackson in that role as their third down back so they can be they can feel fairly comfortable it's not just going to have to be Rawls uh, you know carrying the entire workload but he's been highly productive and it's a it's a very good matchup uh, and they're heavily favored and add to that fact there's is if they are heavily favored and they get to the double digits there in the fourth quarter they can just burn clock and that could be all Rawls in the fourth quarter which is just you stacking up fancy points and maybe another shot at the end zone so Oh, here's the last thing that you that I want to give you credit for too, Benny. That you mentioned that I hadn't thought about, is that um, even if Lynch plays, and you uh, you know gamble enough, or you want to roll Rawls in your lineup, you know at least for a GPP, they could get up so so far that they said, okay, we're just going to rest Lynch because he's coming off the injury, and just let Rawls dominate the carries in the second half, so he could still have value even with an active Lynch. So, uh, how much how ownership percentage um, ownership shares of of Rawls will you have? Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I mean, we all know how big a part Marshawn Lynch is of the success that that team's had in the last couple years. And if they don't need to risk him this weekend, if they could win that game without really risking him, I don't see why they would take the chance of him, you know, injuring himself and being out for multiple weeks. So at home in a game that, you know, they should win against an an offense that hasn't really been producing much lately, I just don't see why they're trying to rush him back. So I do think that even if he does play, he's going to be limited. Um, I think at some point they will let Rolls go in there and just kind of feed him the ball. So I think that you can definitely use him. Uh, The problem is I would really like to get some clarity on it before lineups lock 
with that being a Monday night game, that may not happen. So if we don't have any clarity on it, I mean, I'm not using Marshawn Lynch one way or another. He's not a guy that I'm going to have on any rosters. If I don't get any clarity on it, I would be willing to roll uh, rolls out there on a few rosters. Um, definitely only GPP. He wouldn't make any of my cash game rosters if we don't have a definite that he's going to be, you know, the guy. But uh, I would I would not mind having some shares of him in some of the GPPs, and I wouldn't use Lynch at all. So that's basically how I'm handling the situation. Now, if we do get word that Marshawn is definitely out, I would be comfortable um, rolling rolls in actually a decent amount of my lineups, basically because so many people are on Carlos Williams that you would need to find another guy in that price range that could get you off of Williams. And Rawls would be that guy for me if he is definitely in. All right. So uh, there's some th- something to think about there as well. I'm hoping that I can we can get to the point that we get enough news that um, we can trust him for cash games. And you know what? And if, if that doesn't happen, um, then he's still going to be in prime position in some GPPs. And I'm going to pair him with Carlos Williams and allow him to allow me to stack up the, all the wide receivers that I want. I mean, uh, I mean uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones stack sounds good to me. And mm-hmm. uh, in in those uh, in, in some of my GPPs, and that's one way you can get it done with some of those big tight um, big wide receivers by uh, going cheap at that position. Uh, some updated news here: uh, Chuck Bagano said that Andrew Luck did get um, limited work in today in practice, although he wasn't uh, you know on the field for the media portion. And he says that he absolutely confident that Luck will play. So it could you know it looks like he's still playing. I'm still not changing my um, you know. My stance on this, out on Moncrief, in on Gore, avoiding luck uh, altogether there. So um, uh, that's the way I'm um, approaching it. Um, Some updated uh, information here as well. Tevin Coleman ruled out for week four, so that's good for anybody who thought that. Yeah, Devontae Freeman, for sure. I'm back in on him this week as well. And Mm -hmm. Jordan Cameron listed as questionable for week four. So if you're thinking about sliding down and playing him in London at the tight end position, maybe not the best idea. Uh, go heading into uh, week four. Last couple pieces of news. Some people thought that uh, the Sean Jackson, um, uh, he's been ruled out for week four, and uh, uh, Eric Decker, ruled, um, listed as a game time decision, has gotten some limited work in practice. I almost kind of want to take a shot at Devin Smith. There, Benny, you're the New York Jets guy. Am, am, should I be looking at Curly? Should I be looking at Devin Smith if I just want to take a home run shot at a, at a very cheap option at the wide receiver position? I mean, if you want to, that's fine. I think that it's a very, very risky play with any of them. I, you know, I was at the game last week. The offense did not look very good. And when they did throw the ball, they're still throwing it basically to Marshall as often as possible. Uh, Devin Smith would probably be the guy who I would have the most faith in, but even saying that, I don't have a lot of faith in him um, as somebody I would roll out as a fantasy option. I just I just don't see him getting a lot of targets. I don't see him having a big game. I just I just don't see it, to be honest. All right, so I guess it's going to have to be show-improve time for those mm-hmm. guys. All right, so let's go ahead and dig into the ownership percentages. We'll start at the quarterback position. Um, what stands out to you here off the top? I'll let you sort of give your, your breakdown of where it's at. We're not going to go through every single guy, but um, we will t- definitely talk about Carson Palmer since we were asked on Twitter about oh, it. Yeah. And um, you can give me you know, bit your your top cash and, and GPP pays based on what we know um, from these ownership percentages. 
All right, so starting at the top, I mean, the highest-owned guy in the tournaments this uh, this Thursday was Aaron Rodgers, which is no surprise. Um, there's no Tom Brady this week. Andrew Luck is up in the air, whether you want to use him or not. So anybody who's spending up is pretty much doing it on Rodgers. And uh, he's about 15% owned here. And I really can't argue with that. To me, that's about where his ownership percentage should be. So if you're somebody who's a supporter of Rodgers, I would have no problem rolling him out there at 15% ownership. I don't think it's too over-owned on him. I think that's about where he should be. And um, obviously, the way he's been playing, that's fine. Uh, the other guys who are above 10% are Cam Newton at 10.6. Uh, Andy Dalton was 11.5% owned. And Derek Carr was 12% owned. Now, of those guys, I like all three of them. But I do think that the ownership on all three of them is a little bit higher than I would have liked. Cam is still somebody I'll probably roll. Dalton, maybe a little bit. Uh, Carr is probably the one guy who I'll stay away from because there was also a lot of ownership on Michael Vick on the Thursday lock games. And I think uh, Carr is probably going to pick up some of that Vick ownership because he's another cheap quarterback. So he's the easiest one that, you know, people who made Vick rosters can fit Carr in there. If you went Vick and Antonio Brown, it's very easy to fit in Carr and Armani Cooper in those same spots. Uh, so I think Amari Cooper and uh, and Carr are going to see their ownership bump up, getting some of the ownership from the Vic and Antonio Brown people that were there. And also you had big ownership on Steve Smith, which we'll talk about later, uh, who was about the same price as Cooper, too. So I expect to see a lot more of that. Now, the guys who kind of went under the radar to me, we have Carson Palmer was only 4.5%. We have uh, Matt Ryan, who was 4.3%. And we also had uh, Russell Wilson, who was like 2.5%. Now, um, all three of these guys are favored this weekend, which is something that I like. Uh, Palmer has been throwing, <clears throat> excuse me, Palmer's been throwing for 250 and two touchdowns pretty much automatic lately. So at only 4%, I definitely think that's something to look at. Uh, John Brown is a little banged up, which could be a drawback for him. So you might want to look into that a little more. And um, I think that St. Louis Rams defense is what's really scaring people away. But again, I think Carson Palmer at 4%, you know, giving you basically like 20 to 1 odds that he's going to be the top quarterback. I don't think that's a horrible uh, thing to take a chance on. I also really like Matt Ryan in this situation at only 4% too. Mm -hmm. Basically, and I've said this before, you got Houston has run the most plays um, from scrimmage of any team in the NFL so far this year. They're averaging 80 plays a game. And Atlanta is third at 70 plays a game. You got Matt Ryan at home where he always does better. You got him as a favorite. Um, and again, if you're going to have a high-paced game like this with two teams that run a lot of plays, you know, it's going to be a game where you're going to see a lot of scoring. You're going to see a lot of plays run. You're going to see a lot of points. So there's a good chance that you're going to have Matt Ryan towards the top end of his, you know, basic, basic ranges that he has. So if you're going to get Matt Ryan towards the top end of his range, that's going to be somewhere around like 300 uh, yards passing, maybe two or three touchdowns. So at only 4%, I definitely think he's somebody that I would be willing to roll out there. Very easy. You stack him up with uh, Julio Jones. I wouldn't even mind um, if you're playing in a tournament. you got to break a couple rules. So I wouldn't even mind stacking him, Devontae, and Julio Jones up. If you would have done that last week, it would have worked out pretty well for you. All three guys you know, put up some pretty decent numbers and had some good scores. You know, A lot of the winning rosters I saw had Devontae and... Uh, Julio Jones together on him, so I don't think that that's a horrible option for a tournament either. And then uh, the last guy is Russell Wilson. If you're not going to have 
Marshawn Lynch in there, you got to think that Wilson will probably be doing a little bit more passing. They'll probably rely a little bit more on his legs. And uh, that could work out to a big upside game for him as well in this situation. Again, he's at home. He's favored. He's in a good spot. So these are three guys that I think you could roll out there <clears throat> that are going under the radar and can give you a big upside on Sunday. I like those plays um, for the most part. Now, probably what I usually like to do is create maybe somewhere between five to eight stacks. In between, and I think you've basically covered covered them all. Um, here's, a, here's a crazy one. Okay, I think, and I'm not, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not like touting this as my as my top option because, t- to me, one of my favorite options is Philip Rivers. I like the Matt Ryan play. I'll be in on Carson Palmer. I think you definitely need to pay attention to Tyra Taylor there as well. So I'm I'm with you, basically across the board on everybody that you just previewed. I, I want e I I want to be there for the Eli to Odo Beckham blow up game too. So I'll I'll probably be in in that spot. But what I want to do, um, for like a dollar GPP. Just this is what when I don't feel great about or something, but I just want to have a share. Um, I'm gonna throw like Colin Kaepernick to Torrey Smith, like the ultimate home run play uh, mm-hmm. at, at home. Just because I know Green Bay will be up, and if the Niners have any sort of chance, they I don't think they can stick with Carl, Carlos Hyde the entire way. I will probably get Carlos Hyde in the, in the mix here um, because he's got a good ranking on Pro Football Focus, and uh, you know he's fairly cheap. Uh, overall especially on Vandal so there's that piece of it but I so I don't want to look like some hero I'm not going to win the Millie Maker with Colin Kaepernick but I will put a share in just because I feel like there's some upside there and you know you look at the ownership percentage 0.5% and also granted the fact he's not no one's as bad as their worst game and that's my probably going to be his worst game of the season with the four interceptions which is why nobody wants to own him and they know that it's going to be a tough game against green bay but take a look at alex smith even i'm not saying that he was a uh, somebody that we should have been paying attention to but anybody when they get down against green bay and have to force the the passing game can start putting up fancy op, uh, points in chunks if you know they find some level of success and we've seen that green bay can be thrown on so that's the way I'm, I'm looking at it here. Let's go ahead and move over to the running backs. We've talked about Carlos Williams as being, uh, you know, Mr. Chocopotamus here yeah. in week four. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was a second option at 29.8. He is obviously out after the Thursday game. Uh, tell me who else that you're interested to hear for our GPPs in cash. Well, the next highest owned guy was Latavius Murray, who's somebody that, you know, we spoke about in the video the other day when we did running backs. Um, I still like him, even though he is about 25% owned in this situation. And you got to remember, with 30% of the people on Thursday on Le'Veon Bell, that means that there's going to be a lot of other running backs here on this list who are going to be higher owned on Sunday because that Le'Veon Bell ownership has to go somewhere. So you might even get Carlos Williams up closer to that 40% or you know, maybe even Latavius Murray up closer to that 30%. In cash games, I still like the two of them. Um, the thing I like about both of them is basically the same. They're three down backs. They're going to you know, handle the running duties on first and second. They can catch passes out of the backfield. They're going to get the goal line work. They're going to be the guys that are in there when the team is running the hurry up if they're down or at the end of a, a quarter. Um, so that's you know definitely something you have to put into, uh, into thinking about. Uh, Devonta Freeman, though, at only 11%, I think is way too low owned. Um, this is a guy who... I mean, I basically told you last week, he was almost guaranteed 20 to 25 touches because that's basically what running backs are getting in Atlanta right now. And you have to remember that Atlanta is not just down Tevin Coleman. They're actually down three or four running backs. The backup running back that they have this week is a guy who they upgraded from the practice squad. 
So they only have two active running backs on the roster. And, you know, Freeman is going to see as many carries as he can handle as long as he doesn't get hurt. I think he had almost 35 touches last week, which is insane. And what I like to do is I like guys who I know are going to get volume because the more volume you have, again, I couldn't have predicted that Freeman would have had a 40-point week last week. But I could have predicted, and I told you guys, he was going to get 20 to 25 carries. So it is within the realm of possibility for a guy getting 20 to 25 carries that he's going to be able to do something with him and put up a big number. Now, I don't think he's going to put up another 40-point number, but if he's going to get another 20 to 30 touches, he should be able to do pretty well, and he should be able to put up a number you know, between 15 and 25, which is going to pay off his salary for you and make him one of the top plays. So if he's only going to be 10%, I think I want to be heavier on him than the rest of the field is. Um, a guy like Eddie Lacy at only 5% is another guy who I wouldn't mind being overweight. I know uh, you were a fan of Lacey the other day when we were talking about it. Uh -huh. You're getting probably the lowest price you've gotten on Lacey in a while. And, again, at only 5%, you're giving him a 20-to-1 chance to be one of the top running backs this week. Green Bay should be winning that game. You know, we remember Lacey last year, multiple touchdowns, 100-yard games, and games that Green Bay was ahead when they just kind of gave him the ball and let him pound it out. And he has been practicing in full this week. So I expect him to go back to getting the lion's share of the carries instead of, kind of splitting them or being like the the 1A along with James Starks this week. So that's definitely somebody who I like in there. Um, also, if we're going to get, there's something that I, I wanted to talk to people about. We also have Adrian Peterson at 3.5% ownership. That's too now, low. Well, I, I think it is too low, but here's the thing that I want to let people know. Peterson at 3.5% ownership in a really bad matchup, you're still not getting a lot of upside for using a guy like that. Like, it is good that he's very low-owned. And if he does go off, you're going to get a big bump up in the tournament. But there's a much better chance a guy like Eddie Lacy is going to have a big game in this situation, being that he has a better overall matchup and a better overall chance. Now, I understand the ownership numbers and people realize that you got to be a little bit contrarian. But there's a way to do it with still giving yourself upside, and there's a way to do it with taking big chances. I think if you're looking to use Peterson just because he's low-owned, I still think that that's a very risky play. Whereas looking at a guy like Lacey at 5%, I don't think the Lacey play is as risky. So people have been asking me, Eddie Lacey, Adrian Peterson, I would still rather use Lacey than Peterson this week, um, even though Peterson's lower-owned, because I still think that Lacey has a better chance to get some upside on it. All right, so, so that's good. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I think you make a lot of good points, and you're probably going to talk me into lowering the amount of shares that I have in Adrian Peterson because I've forced him into my lineups every single week this season, and it's paid off for me. I mean, we've made money two out of mm -hmm. three weeks, so I can't complain. Having said that, though, according to Pro Football Focus, we're talking about the number one ranked overall defense uh, through the first three weeks of the season and the number one overall last year, and we're talking about the number three rush defense through the first three uh, um, through uh, through 2015. So um, it's it's not the greatest spot for 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 Adrian Peterson to be in, uh, if we're taking a look at uh, what we what we're talking about in terms of oh you know what I'm like actually looking in a 2014 number so I want to correct myself. Denver Broncos um, have a uh, a top 12 grade in in run defense, but they aren't as stout as they were last season. So a little bit um, less concerned. This week than in, than um, than than in prior weeks, but you're paying top dollar for one, 
and I don't have a lot of confidence in the um, in the passing game for Minnesota. They haven't shown a lot, and I've th- th- there could be a situation too where Peyton Manning gets up on them, and I don't know how much you can stick with Adrian Peterson. You saw what happened with them in Minnesota uh, when they went to San Francisco, so it could be a repeat situation against a much better team. So probably going to lower my lower my ownership percentage but it's still the best running back in the game so i want ownership somewhere because you know i think he has as much potential as if not anybody for you know putting up a, a 200 ball with two scores or something like that and you know with that high price tag um i'm one of the few guys that like you know uh, if luck wasn't injured will willing to spend up on uh, on a top shot option that's low owned and try to um, you know fit the value options that we have around them, like the uh, you know Devonte Freeman's and the Carlos Williams and the Doug Baldwin's, and you know take who I think is the best player in the game because he can make sense for a GPP in those aspects if you can fit the other pieces around him rather than trying to go you know uh, mid grade cheap uh, in those spots. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mix it up. I'm not I'm not saying that this is you know what I'm going to do in in, there, in every spot, but I'm not going to get off of Adrian Peterson probably any week i'll have him in a gpp somewhere every time because i want to be there for that game where he blows up and um and and try to hit a home run with the the surrounding pieces yeah you got to think if the vikings are going to have any chance of winning this game at all it's going to be by feeding peterson so there is a there is a game script that plays out with him having just a monster game um again you got to figure to yourself it's not the likeliest way it's going to play out but that's also why you're getting him uh, you know, getting quite possibly the most talented running back in the league at 3% ownership this weekend. The way I look at it here, and I know you'll understand this as good as anybody, if not more, is that it's like figuring out a way to get Mike Trout or Bryce Harper into your GPPs. It's very mm-hmm. hard to do, and, you know, it always it creates problems or holes in your other lineups, but we're still in that spot here in week four where we're finding value across the board in different spots like the Carlos Williams, like the Thomas Rawls, like the Rashard Matthews, uh, and the like. And so you can, we can still do that and, and play somebody like Tyrod Taylor, who's been super productive but not priced in the top five. So there's ways to get it done now. In, later on in the season, we're going to get to that you know $5,500 Bryce Harper t- uh, price tag, and it's just not going to be possible. It's going to be like Kershaw. You know, mm-hmm. like you're 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 gonna be punting all over the place just so you can play Kershaw. So I'm not gonna get into the mix with that. Um, uh, maybe later on in the season when it's just too cost prohibitive. But right now, you can still fit a lot of working pieces around them uh, to make it make sense. All right. Um, let's see here. Tight ends. Uh, we're taking a look at this ownership percentage here. Any this tight end to me? I mean, you see that the list is short. So a lot a lot of people. It's just a tight group of guys that that even you can make a case for here. Um, interesting to see that some people were willing to gamble like I did on Max Williams. Uh, sorry for that call. That didn't pay off, but I thought it was the right spot, but you know, I didn't know that Joe Flacco was going to lay a turd like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about who you're going to sort out of this uh, small group. Okay, well, there's no Gronk this weekend, so let's, let's get that out of the way first. Um, Greg Olson is the highest-owned guy. Anywhere between 22 and 25% is what I've basically been seeing him at. Um, I think that's actually low for him. You know, like we talked about last week with the Seattle Seahawks, when you have somebody at a position who you think is just far and away the number one option, if you like them more than the field, then the thing to do is to have higher ownership than the field. So if he's going to be about 20 to 25% and you think Olsen is far and away the best tight end, then you want him 40, 45%. So if you're running 10 rosters, 
you want to have him on four or five of your rosters, so you have twice the exposure to him as the rest of the field. I think that's a situation where I find myself today. Um, I think Olsen is head and shoulders above, so even though he's the highest-owned guy, he's somebody I want to be more exposed to than the field. You know, we talked about it. He had a ton of targets. He had the red zone looks. He looked a lot better. Um, I think this is another game that sets up for him to have the same kind of situation. So he is probably the top guy that I want. Uh, Martellus Bennett is at 15%. Charles Clay is at 10%. And Jordan Reed is at 10%. Uh, Bennett at 15 like I said, I'm not a big fan of Clawson, but I don't think that that's overexposure for him. Um, somewhere around 10% is probably where I would have wanted to be. So I might be a little bit less than the field on him. Uh, Jordan Reed, depending on the weather, which looks like it's going to be okay with the hurricane staying a little bit more out to sea, that would be another situation I'd be looking at. The Charles Clay one, I don't really get. I think people are just kind of figuring without Watkins, he's down another receiver. Without McCoy, um, you know, they might be looking to, to lean on the other guys a little more. I don't know if I would really play Charles Clay. I think it's more of a price play that has his ownership that high because I think he was like, 5,000, like either right around 5,000 or 100 above or below. A um, couple guys who are low-owned that I thought would be a little bit higher. Uh, Travis Kelsey at only 5.6% is very interesting to me, mm -hmm. as well as Jimmy Graham at only 6%. Um, I think I'm going to have higher exposure to those two guys than everybody else in the field does. Those are two guys who I like. I think they both have upside. I think both of them should be a little bit higher owned, and I think because they're priced close to Olsen, uh, similar situation that we talked about last week with Tom Brady sucking up all the ownership and Luck and Rodgers kind of flying under the radar, I think you're getting guys like Graham and Kelsey under the radar because Olsen's in that same price range, and he's the uh, you know shiny object that everyone's going after this week. So if I was going to look for guys for a tournament who can help me give me some differentiation, give me some upside without really taking on a lot of risk. I think Travis Kelsey and Jimmy Graham are two of those guys that I would really be looking at. Yeah, I will have a Jimmy Graham, Russell Wilson stack going this weekend. So um, I'm going to be looking out for a, for the best way to set that up. Uh, I already talked about how I feel about Martellus Bennett. I'm in. Uh, Jordan Reed, I, I want some shares. If I still feel like he's the, the number one or 1A to Pierre Garçon's 1B. And we know Kirk Cousins is just a you know safety valve pass waiting to happen. And I feel I'm I'm still in on Tyler Eifert. By the way, uh, I I still feel like if out of this group, if you had to nail me down to one guy that you know uh, leads this group in in scoring, and it's if if it was not Greg Olson, I I think I would book Tyler Eifert as my like secondary cash game play, or you know a way to sort of you know split some action, or you know. Uh, be my second choice for GPPs uh, heading into uh, all my FanDuel tournaments uh, this weekend. So I'm going to take a look for him. I think he's been super safe and productive the majority of the world. We haven't even talked about Jason Witten, too, uh, which I don't mind personally, but I think he's probably sixth on this uh, on the list. I think there's just a lot of more explosiveness and um, possible upside with the, the guys that we mentioned here. All right, so... Uh, we're going to sort of uh, just read off the percentages on kicker so we can get that out of the way, and, and we'll leave the analysis to you. Are you fine with that, Benny? Yeah, I could care less, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brandon McManus at 10.9%. Then you have Josh Brown, Mason Crosby, Hauschka, um, Tucker already played, Lambeau, uh, Gano, uh, Janikowski, and Nick Folk, ranging from 7.5% down to 3%. And then after that, you're flipping coins. So there, there's your top 8, 9, 10 breakdown for the kickers and who people prefer. 
You 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 want to take your your home run shot with, you know, Travis Coons or Phil Dawson or Zerline or Andrew Franks even, then those guys are down at the very bottom. Now in terms of defense here, uh, we have the Cardinals at 19.7 percent, the Broncos at 15, and then Seahawks, Panthers, Jets, and and Colts. Uh, those are your top five, six options. Are, are you sticking in that in, in that group? Or are you going to go outside of that realm? What's your approach here? Yeah, I mean, I basically said the other day when we were talking about it, there's three teams I'm using this week. It's the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Seahawks. Um, to me, the Broncos are number one, Seahawks are number two, and the Cardinals are number three. So based on ownership percentage, I'm going to be probably coming off some of the Cardinals exposure I had if they're 20%. Um, I think that's a little bit high defensively. I like the Broncos at 15%. I'll probably try to match that exposure in my tournaments. The Seahawks at only 10% to me is the team that I'm going to be going the most heavily on um, because I do think that they have, I think all three of those teams have a ton of upside and I think all three of those teams are head and shoulders above everybody else. So if the Seahawks are going to be the lowest owned of those three teams, that's going to be the team that I want the most exposure to in my lineup. So I'm going to have a lot of shares of the Seahawks this weekend. And I'm not even really looking at anybody below those three, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'm going to narrow it down to me. I, I had a, a just a two-person rotation here with the Colts and uh, with uh, the Seahawks. Those are going to be my top two options. I'm okay with the Cardinals, and um, and I think the Broncos can put a lot of pressure on Teddy Bridgewater uh, there as well. But I'm probably mostly going to be booking um, um, Seahawks and, and Colts for the price, and I'll try to mix in uh, like a Bronco or a uh, Cardinals. Uh, lineup j- just to keep it mixed up in case one of those go off for a couple of pick sixes and some of my GPPs. I think those are all pretty safe options. All right, and that is going to uh, wrap it up for the uh, DFS pod, the RotoWire DFS podcast, brought to you by FanDuel.com. Want to remind you though that if you've seen the ads and you know that your friends are playing, you also know that it's your turn to get signed up at FanDuel.com. FanDuel is a leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. The money is real. They are paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just a dollar so anyone can play. You know fantasy football. Now prove it at FanDuel.com. So make sure you go to FanDuel.com and use the promo code RWDFS and sign up now. You can click the right front the upper right-hand corner and enter that promo code. That's RWDFS. Don't forget $200 bonus match, uh, $200 bonus match uh, for uh, dollar for dollar. Um, when you deposit on FanDuel, it's released as you play. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. Use the promo code RWDFS. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Benny. Um, home run play time. Let's hear it. Let's give it to me. Go. I'll, no chalk this time. You don't get to pick Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, and second question I have for you: um, Are the popos waiting for you outside? No, that was actually uh, that was actually an ambulance rolling down my block because the hospital is right down my block. So every once in a while, in the middle of the day, you know, something happens and uh, the ambulance comes flying down. I'm just, but uh, I'm I got your back, man. If you need me to bail you out or something, like you're out on parole, just <laughs> you just tell me. I got you, okay? Yeah, I'm on the lam. All I need is my uh, tablet so I can watch my esports, and I'm good. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. But um, my home run play, I mean, we kind of talked about it the other day. I'm going back onto the Travis Benjamin uh, train. Uh, he, yeah, yeah he, he has a lot of upside, and since he disappointed everybody last week, I feel like the ownership is, you know, very low on him this week. Um, I've seen him in some spots where he's less than 2 or 
Now, when he's 40%, 50% owned like he was two weeks ago, I want nothing to do with him. But at 2 or 3% with the increased targets, with the red zone looks that I saw him get last week, I'm hopping back on that train at only $6,000. He's very easy for me to fit into FanDuel lineups, and I think he's going to have a big upside for me. So Travis Benjamin is somebody who I will be having some shares of, uh, you know, some tournament shares of, and hopefully he can uh, put together another electrifying performance. I like that play, and uh, I think it's very smart. Um, I want to quickly find out if Alan Hearns is going to get into the lineup. I liked your your recommendation uh, on him this week. He's been uh, back-to-back limited sessions uh, as of uh, yesterday, but the quarterback matchup is very good for him, according to Pro Football Focus. So, so if he can get healthy in and into the lineup and maybe into a more competitive matchup if Andrew Luck plays but struggles, he could be a very smart play at 5,300 on FanDuel. So I'm going to pay attention to that, and that's going to be my sneaky play for this weekend here on rotowire.com. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, on fanduel.com. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and uh, check us out on Twitter and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, and uh, ch- uh, subscribe on Stitcher as well. We are available all, the, all all those places for your downloading convenience and your streaming. Be sure to give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to check out Benny uh, R11 on Twitter as well as me, Josh Hayes FS. Good luck in all your week four matchups, and we'll see you here next week. Mm-hmm.